Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We just finished the Challenge Spies, Lies, and Allies episode two. We are here to break down the episode. My name is Alan Aguirre, and I'm joined by my lovely Southern co-host, the Mr. Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? Sadly, our other co-host, Miss Nikki Sin, will not be here tonight because she's traveling, having a lot of fun, and we wish her the best. And we're honestly sad because she missed out on talking about a fantastic episode of The Challenge. Episode one last week, we were so positive about it. Then we come back with this week. I was expecting to be let down personally. Last week, I gave the episode 9.7 out of 10. This one, I'm... That hits every checkpoint you want. What did you think, Luke? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I started it and I thought, you know, episode one was good, but I always feel like episode one's good. It's like you're back in the zone, like the show's back on. But episode two delivered. I like the entire time I was just locked in. It was great. And I think it overcame some potentially negative factors that we'll get into later with the daily challenge. Uh, but yeah, it was from the onset. We had fun and partying. We had the intro to Ed. We had uh partying we had two parties in one night i mean like like we were complaining about the lack of like fun they've been having in past seasons and they're like, having all the fun they're making me want to be there and when you see people enjoying themselves and actually playing the game politically and socially and hooking up you just become enveloped in so many different storylines and it's why our podcast went for so long this week and it might go long again today yeah good stuff all around what we were missing last season we we're getting it and i hope it continues yeah, they're spoon feeding us and we're eating it up real good. Uh, moving in, we're going to talk about the daily challenge. Uh, in the daily challenge portion, the players dropped uh, gems, which were like little tiny capsules from one from a helicopter to a player outside of a sunroof. And what was clear in this daily challenge is that as time went on and they got to the middle of the day, the sun was really up and out there because players had more difficult times catching uh, passes from their teammates, and you'll just see a massive score difference. Uh, whereas, like, the first team to go, uh, Jeremiah and Tatcha, they put up 18 gems. Corey and Tori, they put up 19 gems. And then you have a team like CT <laughs> and Bruno, where they only get, like, 16 gems, and that's, like, an experienced team. And, like, Ashley and Huey get, like, 10. Uh, Tracy and Kells get 6. Logan and Nisa, 13. Emmy and Ed, 13. I mean, Emmy was afraid of heights, but still, you see that big difference and then later in the day scores just jump up to like 25 26 30 uh yeah so we had a a flawed daily challenge that wasn't the most entertaining to watch because after a while watching people just drop these little capsules to players in the sky got a bit monotonous so mtv smartly sped it up yeah i always in these situations wait for the the scene where it's like oh we're gonna show two at a time three at a time we're just gonna show the scores because i thought surely they're not gonna show us every single one of these 16 teams uh but yeah i feel like some of the stuff that happened as the challenge was going on made me forget that mm, there's flaws here yeah and that was that's like easily the one weak point in the episode and i will say i will give kudos to mtv for showing us how many gems Almost every team got. We only didn't see how Big T and Tommy did and how Josh and Amber B, who we're going to talk about in a second, did. And, I mean, at least that transparency is good because fans always complain about transparency. Uh, there were a few standout teams. Uh, Casey, and, uh, Casey and Emmanuel, they killed it. They had 28 gems and were one of the, were one of the first teams to go. Uh, in this challenge, the teams that really thrived were the veterans who've had experience with stuff like this and just weren't afraid with tossing stuff out of an airplane. They, they just had no fear. And that was a big detail. Like 
Ashley and Ashley, Amanda and Kyle, they also had 25. Devin and Michelle had 20. It's just those people who are more comfortable with this stuff did really well. Yeah, I was into it. Although I will say the entire time I was watching, I just kept thinking, what if that helicopter came down just like 10 feet? I'd be too scared to do it. They also had the little barriers that like the cars that their little sights were into. And I was just like, my, my brain's like, oh, don't crash. Don't crash. Uh, <laughs> that's where my brain went. Uh, of, so one of the big details is Amber B shows up at the end to be Josh's partner. And one of the weird things about this is that she comes in like being like, I'm a different person here. I'm like, I'm a cutthroat. I'm a savage. And I'm going after the big brother alliance that wronged me last season. And all my brain is thinking of like, all we talked about last season is how they kept her in the game. Yeah. And she might be different in the fact that she has $450,000, but between shows, it's really just like five, six months. You're not that much different. She does have a different swagger, and because she was an alternate for this season, you can tell she's like, I'm getting cast for next season. I'm saying whatever. I will play that part because she wants to, you know, keep getting paid to come on reality TV. She wants to, you know, raise her profile so she gets better modeling gigs. And that's what it comes down to. I can't hate the player. It just she understands the situation. Yeah, I fully agree. And I, I honestly feel like I will be given an Amber B this season where I might start calling her just Amber and I might even like her. Wow. I, yeah. I, someone yelled Amber B when she got there and I was like, there is no other Amber. And But even I'm calling her Amber B still. Uh, it's the Ashley K treatment. You, you, get, you get that letter on the side of your name and you become that person forever. Uh, Emmy has a massive freak out after her daily challenge where she's just saying, I'm the weakest. She's crying. And you could just see, like, some people were very supportive towards her. And then you had vets like Ash, like Nani and Amanda, who just had this face of, like, it's a daily challenge. Who cares? <laughs> right. Like, you you don't get thrown in by getting last. And I'm pretty sure she even still didn't get last. No, no. And they, it was just, I think I don't even think she did worse than Big T, who was in the same heat as her. Um, <laughs> it was just really funny because, like, you're going to have to do a lot of daily challenges if you plan on going far. You got to be used to putting up bad performances, good performances, etc. And Emmy takes everything at a like not even 110%, like 5 million percent. She is oh my god, she's so volatile. She's cracked and you know watching it I had to laugh because like it's funny, but I imagine if I was there in that situation watching this unfold, I'd be like something's wrong with this girl. Like I don't want to be around her. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what it came down to at the end of the episode. Um, and the winning team of this daily challenge was Fessy and Esther, where I got to say, like, Esther was just tossing them. And Fessy, he showed why he was a college tight end. I mean, he was, like, reaching out, using his size, making really good catches that nobody else was able to. And what was funny was that they uh, counterpointed it with Josh, who just was missing all these passes. And, like, I know he's not as big as Fessy, but he's also one of the bigger guys in the house. And that's the difference between a coordinated athlete and an uncoordinated athlete. Yeah, and I'll say I know that, you know, Esther may have just thrown the capsules down, but I really enjoyed Esther this entire episode, which we'll touch on that later. Yeah. Especially in this daily challenge. Like, she was in it to win it. I really enjoyed her. She understands she's not the best athlete, but she gives 110%. And their excitement after they win is so awesome it was there was so much charisma shown in this daily challenge not only from them but a lot of other teams 
Tatcha and Jeremiah had a really cute uh, cute intro where they're just having fun before the challenge. The Bettina laugh with Corey was so hilarious because he went from laughing at her to like laughing with her to being like, what the hell is going on? No, I was watching it and I was waiting for it to end and it just kept going on and on and on. And when Corey's like, wait, this isn't a gimmick at this point, you're literally gasping for air trying to laugh. <laughs> Comedic genius, whether it's real or not, not up to me. It's funny. It, it's like that, uh, that, that gif. It's like, I've known this person for five minutes and I love it so much. It's like, I, I, like I would kill for this person. And that, that's me with Bettina. I would just like, I, I don't, I don't care if the laugh is bad. I just like her so much. And congrats to Fessy and Esther for getting this daily challenge win. Yep, agreed. And I'll touch on it again. I love their charisma right after. And we said it last week. We're we're pretty big Fessy haters, but like I really feel like Fessy's coming to the season wanting to be a better partner and not having that that view of him that he's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. And that concludes our daily challenge portion. Apologies if we went short on it. But we have a lot more to talk about, and we're going to move into the drama and hookup section. Switching over to the drama and house elements of the show, we got a house party to start. And they show us Agent Ed, and he is so charismatic. He is so charming. Also a bit corny, but a good type of corny. It's like he's trying to win uh, like the Big Brother America's Favorite Player Award. And what I saw of him is that he's kind of like the bizarro world hunter because he's small, muscular, intelligent, <laughs> well-spoken, everything that like, and has hair and he's everything hunter, like same body, same skill set, just a way better personality. that's more palatable. Yeah. Agree. And you know, I hadn't considered this till you just said this about Amber B. He's also coming in as an alternate, like this cheesy persona. He's probably like, let me do it up so I can come back on the show. Yeah, I like him. He's he's everything that Hunter is and isn't, and I'm happy for that. I mean, that's how you come on the show too. Because if you come in like, oh, I'm a super serious comp- like competitor, then people are just going to throw you in again and again, and your potential like period on the show will be short term. Whereas he's like, I'm gonna be everyone's friend. I'm I'm a party, and you can even see with Nelson, he saw Ed as his new Hunter. He was just like, oh, we're gonna party tonight, man. We're gonna have some fun, and they just. They mix it up well, and they got onto the dance floor, and Esther and Ed had two girls on him. It was, I mean, that's how you enter a challenge house, and boy, it looked like they're having fun at the party. Yeah, I, we've always talked about this, so I'm not even going to like get into it, but I just love when they party. It it brings out everything in me as I'm watching it that I'm like, I want to be there so badly. I want to see what they do. I want to drink what they drink. Yeah, Ed's a cool guy. <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone just going at it. And one of my favorite scenes is that as the party's getting wild, they pan over to a window that has Jeremiah and Tommy just watching it from afar. And they're just smiling, laughing. like. And I'm like, that's how I feel as a viewer right now watching this. Like, that is me right now watching. Yeah, I love it. And, and we even, I think in those moments when Michelle was like doing her little like looks at Emmanuel, you know, I'm, I'm like seeing the connections being made. At one point I see like, Different people talking to each other we've not seen so far. And it just, it gives my heart something good. It, it's amazing because we get like instant gratification of like Tori going after Kells, like doing her little somersault onto him. Uh, and then we have like the long play of Emmanuel and Michelle of like, will they, won't they type stuff. And then we have obviously what we're going to talk about next, which is 
uh, Nelson and Verna and Nelson and Ashley. Ashley's talking about like, oh my God, am I actually catching feelings for Nelson? While Verna is making her move on him and they're having a little cuddle session, which I, I mean, I can't believe Nelson tried to get like this move off discreetly in a house that still has over 30 people in, but it, it worked. I, it worked momentarily, but the thing is, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's normal for Ashley to have feelings for Nelson like this. And in fact, she even says on the episode, like, it's probably just because I'm stuck in this house, whatever. I, I watched a lot of her the other day. So this like isn't a, anything new. Like she said it the other day, she's like, I was just smitten because I was in the house. There's nobody else. But if you're Nelson and you know, Ashley, she's volatile and that's why we love her. Is that the hill you want to die on? Yeah, it, it's funny, though, because Nelson even says it out loud. Like, I never thought like Ashley would actually want me as serious feelings. I thought she was just using me as a toy. <laughs> and, and and it is a good explanation because I, I I do think it is that kind of situation. But I mean, we saw Ashley have a complete meltdown on Rivals 3 when she thought that Nicole Ramos had kissed Jamie and that never even happened. Whereas she's been hooking up off the show with Nelson on the show with them. And now he's actually, you know, kissing and cuddling with another girl. Yeah, and you know, it, he very well could be a toy to her, but people don't like to share their toys. They like to no. share themselves. No, if anything, yeah, nobody wants to share their toys. <laughs> it's just bold. I'll I'll say bold. Bruno's enamorance with Nelson is also like just kind of confusing. I don't, I don't fully. I mean, I think she's physically attracted to him, but the way she talks about him doesn't really like the way both of them talk about Nelson doesn't really sync up with how we think of Nelson. Yeah. And I think, and this might be my bias towards Berna, but you're going to get it anyways. I feel like Berna is simply going after Nelson because he's attached to a female. I feel like that's the type of girl that Berna is, which no shade to her. Like those girls sometimes have a lot of fun, but even on the preseason videos, like it says that once she realized that Casey and Nani were like together or flirting, she tried to go after Casey and the whole Nelson thing. And it's like, would she go after somebody that were single? I don't know. That yeah, that's fascinating. I don't, I don't, I don't really know, but man, it she she's enamored by Nelson because they have that even that confessional just talking about him running in the daily challenge that was very weird. Uh, Nani and Casey also uh, during the middle of the party when it gets very like people are at their like peak of partying. Nani grabs Casey by the hand. It's like all right, let's go to the room while there's privacy right now. Uh, Kels and Tori end up in bed together cuddling. Uh, maybe more happened between them. And <laughs> Nelson, at the end of the night, still climbs into Ashley's bed and they hook up. Amanda even jokes that uh, that Nani and her and Ashley are our bottom bunk whores. <laughs> Listen, Nelson knows where home is. And I love that we're getting hookups. Like the fact like it's gross when you think about it or to each their own, I guess. But we have grown adults hooking up on bunk beds four feet away from each other. But something about it's just so entertaining. And I liked how Nani also worried. It's like Nelson was just laying it down. Like they weren't just having normal sex. They were they were like they were getting into it. And I remember uh, I had a friend who told me they had like met with an MTV producer and just was like talking about random stuff about the show. And apparently Ashley and Hunter used to have the weirdest hookups back in the challenge house. So I can only imagine what's going on. Imagine living in a house with like 
28 other people and that's going on? I, honestly, I can't. And, and props to Ashley for literally getting with every single member of the Young Bucks at this point. They have solidified their two alliances coming together. <laughs> Man, it's just it's so great because on social media as well, you can tell that Amanda does not like Verna whatsoever. And Nelson has his beef with Fessy. And this feels like a like a like a weird pentagon of love, like or like hate. It's just there's so much going on and there's so much to follow. And God, this is why we love the challenge. This is awesome. And I'll say too. I'm so against new people. Like I hate it. I understand they're necessary, but what's nice about it is we can have these recurring storylines where we have like Ashley Mand, who we know and love Corey and Nelson, but we can throw in Fessy. Who's like a middle ground newer player. And then Berna who, even if you hate her, she fits right into the storyline. So it's just perfect. I I like Berna and I like Ashley. I, I really like everything that's going on here, especially because she's a physical threat. And Oh my God, it just makes this show better when people can just, match up all around uh kels and the tory thing that's going on and in the house i think there's this funny moment where uh nelson goes to stand next to kels and you just see like how giant he is it's like if you put nelson in a machine nelson who's already jack and like gave him the captain america serum and just like made him way bigger uh <laughs> honestly it was a stark contrast and I had a friend that went to the fights in Texas that took a picture with Nelson. And I didn't think my friend was this tall, but like Nelson is literally really short next to him. So I don't know. Kells is just a, a God. Gargantuan. Yeah. Gargantuan. Yeah. Nelson is a short King, man. He has these two girls that he's playing against each other. (laughs) Why? It's funny because he only lasted like four episodes last season, and he hasn't won a daily challenge since Vendetta's, but he's one of the main characters of the show, and he makes for such good TV. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think think he coins it his Nelsonisms, and they're just perfect. They're beautiful. Did we have anything else in terms of actual house drama slash hookups? Because we had – oh, wait, we did. We had a second party. I completely apologize. I completely forgot about that. After the daily challenge, they go to a club that they designed for the players. It looks like it is not in the actual house, but is in a separate location. And man, oh man, this new bar that they have is so much better than the Igloo last season. It looks like an actual bar. Looks like players were actually having fun. Good times are being had. Yeah, and I feel like it's really important to get them away from the house. They clearly were bust there. They didn't interact with anyone else. Like the bartenders are probably staff that work on the show. But yeah, it just was a different vibe. And we see Amanda uh, and Fessy. They have a kiss and she jokes like, well, you're only getting some because you're in power this week and stuff like that. And yeah, Amanda has really fixed a lot of people's opinion of Fessy. It's honestly very funny. <sighs> yeah, I agree. But Amanda's also pissed a lot of people off already, which is perfect. I mean, I love that she does that. But I'm like, her and Fessy, depending on how long they make it on the show, I can definitely see both of them being villainized quickly. Um, but hopefully I'm wrong. Yeah, it's, it is honestly kind of staggering that she, she says, still has a lot of goodwill right now, but it could run dry quickly. Uh, we're going to move right next into the gameplay slash politics portion, which dominated this episode, in my opinion. 
and switching over to the politics and gameplay portion. And this episode, as, as many hookups as we saw, politics was the thing that was always in the background. Uh, the veterans get together and they solidify even more talk of like, hey, we're going after the rookies. We're going after a team of two rookies specifically. Um, Josh, he is dead set on targeting Kells because he sees Kells as a very strong player. Because why wouldn't you see Kells as a strong player? He's a mammoth of a human. Yeah, I, the vets banding together, you could see that a mile away. I think it's brilliant for people like Tori, Fessy, Casey. It is so dumb for people like Nani, possibly even Amanda, definitely Josh. Um, but I also understand that it's more about like, who am I going to run a final against versus how many weeks am I going to be on this television show? So for right now, it's smart, but I, hope that some of the weaker players in that switch that up in the next few weeks and and going after Kels you know I like Kels enough but it's so smart to go after him he's huge god I loved him this episode he's just so well spoken he's composed and he understands it's a game more than anything uh it's awesome and Josh is also taking this shot for a little bit of clout for himself knowing that he isn't going to get voted into elimination because of the power the vets have in the game. So it's like, oh, I took down Kells. Like, no, you didn't. You just made the play everyone said. Uh, it's that type of thing. Uh, after the daily challenge, Fessy goes and he talks to Kells at the bar. He's like, hey, man, uh, you don't go after me. I won't go after you for the power vote. Um, and we talked about how Fessy was so – I mean, Kells was so much bigger than Nelson – Kels was taller than Fessy, and that's like the real oh my god type moment with him. Yes, it it was strange, and I think Fessy definitely feels threatened. But that conversation at I think it was the bar that they had this conversation. Yeah, it was just I was like he's not threatening him, but it felt threatening. There was definitely tension there, and part of me it has to wonder like I know that they say they're over it, but does this have anything to do that Kels is now like? Fooling around with Tori, flirting with Tori. Does Fessy have that feeling inside of him? Even though he's doing stuff with Amanda, I'm not with her, but you can't have her. Yeah, that's an interesting wrinkle that I didn't even consider. Wow. Okay. That I mean, that would make sense. And also, Kellis is just an independent spirit. He he. When he was listening to Fessy, he you could kind of see on his face that he's like, "This is BS." They have a plan going on, and when they get to the actual deliberate I mean, actually before we get to deliberation Devin goes around the house and he tells people i'm hearing that we're gonna that it's gonna be two rookie teams as a way to say like i've already decided and i'm telling you all we're going for a double rookie team and we're going for kells and tori in this moment says something like very interesting where it's like i think they're trying to test how much they trust me which is like important to note because last season she cut nelson's throat and she was just completely unaware of when she got blindsided into elimination with Denisa last season. I I said it last week. I think my tides might be turning on Tori because that was smart. Um, you know, even last episode, the first episode, she was like, if I'm being targeted, I have to speak up. I want to be quiet, but I don't want to show my cards. I don't want to say a name. She's definitely thinking to layer more into it. And the fact that she was like, I, I don't want to cut my ties with Kells, but I'm not going to cut myself off from the rest of the bets. She's she's thinking for herself for maybe the first time in one of these games, um, and I'm I'm here for it. 
smart move. And then at the at the, at the deliberation, Josh says, uh, "Kells, I heard you've been making deals with people, and because of that, uh, you're like trying to like band the rookies together. I'm going to vote you in for this reason." And Kells <laughs> just really just just cut just devours Josh up. He's like, "Josh, not just to be real with you." I don't think of you as a strategic player, and if I was making deals, you weren't going to be the one to figure it out. <laughs> I I'm gonna like I'm gonna correct what you said only because the comedic effect was so beautiful. He says you're not known on this game for being the smart tactical person, and the faces of rookies and vets alike who are like, he's not wrong. I like I I pause it so many times. Like CT's face, Fessy's face, Amanda's face, everybody's face. Funny. Amber, his literal partner in the game, is trying to hold back. Uh, Tori is trying to hold back. And it's just like, these are the people who are voting with him. But, like, man, he just got destroyed. And Kells held himself well. He's like, CT, did I make a deal with you? Jeremiah, did I make a deal with you? Ladies. And it was a transparency and such a good way to carry himself. The problem is people had already decided he was going in. And it sucks because, like, man... What a badass in that moment. Yeah, and and honestly, I don't want to say kudos to Josh because it obviously fell through, but kudos to Josh in a sense. I'll give him credit that if that were any other rookie male, it probably would have worked. It probably would have made them look really stupid. But like Kells just has his finger on what's going on, even if it's like anti him. And I really like that. Uh, but what I thought was even smarter on Josh was, which Kells figured out, he's like, then say a name. If, if not you, then who? And Kels just was like, why would I do that? Because then that allows other people to say, hey, Kels, I'm voting for you. And also, if like you are going to have like a rookie power alliance, throwing a rookie under the bus is dumb. And going after a vet who has so many connections and will like, be, like define that the vets will never trust you, that's not smart either. Uh, one of the cool moments in this, though, is uh, Esther. She gives a speech of like, hey, uh, think about who's going to be in the final. We're going to play big, and whoever I vote in, I hope they don't come back. And she's very well-spoken, has so much power and energy to her. You see why she's a lawyer, because she has so much charisma to her, and she's becoming a fan favorite in my heart, at least. No, same. Like, little behind the scenes, we make thumbnails for these like YouTube videos. I wanted to put Esther on there. I didn't ask Alan. I just didn't because we talked about other people. But Esther really broke out for me this episode. Like, I'm really, really, really liking her. And the fact that she understands that I have this power for maybe just this one week, I'm going to use it. She's smart. 1,000%. She's – and this everyone was clapping. Everyone was like, damn, Esther's cool. Esther's smart. Uh, (laughs) One moment that did kind of rub me the wrong way with Tori is when – she had the shocked face to uh, Kells being voted in. And I'm like, you know he's getting voted in. Why do you, why do you have to pretend he's shocked? I know you're trying to like show him that, like, oh, you didn't know it was coming. But it's so unnecessary because you know the episode's going to come out eventually. And that's the stuff that always gets you into trouble. Yeah. And, and her mom says she's probably thinking I won't be speaking to him <laughs> after he's eliminated. Or even if he, he stays in the house, I don't want it to be like, a bad situation but yeah it's going to be shown you could at least be like hey i was told i tried i didn't vote for you but yeah i will say one thing that didn't make me really sad sweet little tracy yeah 
they were like, before we vote, like, how are you feeling? And she was like, please don't vote for me. Give me another chance. I can do it. I'm like, sweetie, you're not built for this show in many different ways, but God, you've got a good spirit. I feel bad for how much we've made fun of Tracy in like the weeks coming up to this show, because everything I'd read about her from her season in uh, Love Island, Germany, is that she was boring. And obviously she's not the most charismatic person here, but then reading the stuff that she didn't know English that well and just had a lot of anxiety while she was there makes me feel really bad for making fun of her, but also really mad at MTV for not vetting her properly and, and actually putting her on the show when this, something like this was bound to happen. Uh, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I agree to both of those because at some point it can feel like exploitation um, at her very much expense. Uh, so it was sad. She, I mean, like she was trying to build her modeling career, get some followers, and this is just not, it's just not going to be a positive for her. And it just, that's sad to see. Um, I don't expect, I mean, yeah, it, it was a tough situation to be put in, and she got voted into elimination with Kells. Uh, then we have Fessy and Esther game planning for who to throw in. Uh, they talk about for men, the options are Corey Lay, because they've already seen him be a beast, and he's a big guy. Ed, because he's fast on his feet and athletic. And Emmanuel, for the same, for the same reason. Uh, girls, it becomes a lot more interesting, because... They threw out the name Berna. It could have been good. I was, I was like, maybe, maybe. And it, I mean, imagine if Berna had like won the elimination and then stolen like Nelson as her partner. You know, you know how much of a mess that would have made. My jaw just dropped. Uh, that would be oh god. And she, I feel like she's the type of girl to do something like that. Oh, oh, yeah. And then you, I mean, then you have Ashley just going crazy in the stands in that moment. Oh, I, we forgot to mention this, but during the, during the Berna Nelson hookup in the other part, Ashley was like, literally get out of my face, Berna. Like, get out, like, and then she calls her Bertha. Oh, man. I can't believe we missed that. I apologize to our podcast listeners, but it was just hilarious. And God, yeah, apolog- she, she, apologies to the podcast. We've seen, we literally spoke about this before. This episode just had so much good stuff. I guess we forgot it, but yeah, I know we're interjecting at the worst possible time, but we have to say this. Alan and I were cracking up and I'm sure you guys were too. Whenever Ashley's talking to Emmy about like, don't freak out girl. Like it's going to be okay. Like days happen, days go by. Someone's bound to have a freak out at the bar tonight. And Devin's like, cue the Ashley bar freak out. And no sooner than six, seven minutes later, there's an Ashley bar freak out where she's screaming at Berna. And then she's like, is it me now? Is it me now? She even says like, well, only one of us can stay in this house and I'm not quitting the show. She's like trying to bully for that quitting because Elson kissed her. <laughs> Classic. And you know, Devin even said, we got to stop calling her millionaire, Mitchell. We have to start calling her. What was the M word? Oh, Meltdown. Yeah. I, I I gave that a two d- a thumbs down. That was, that was, uh, yeah. She I'm doesn't like, have a million, 121,500 meltdowns. She has that many dollars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it was that was just yeah. We digress. We go back to uh, who are the options, and then Fessy gives Josh a look of like, no, no, you're not gonna put an Amber B. I just told her that we're good with her. <laughs> and and in one way, I understand why Fessy would want that because clearly there's bad blood between him and, him and Amber B. But Fessy's obviously keyed into the whole veteran alliance. Like, if you want to go after Amber B, save that for later. 
would only make sense. <laughs> I would have laughed so hard if she would have got thrown into that first elimination because, like, Amber didn't get to have a real rookie season last year. Like, she just kind of was carried by a Big Brother alliance. And so she gets just thrown in immediately and just actually has to play like a rookie. I'd like to see that. If she can prove herself that way, then I'll regard her championship a lot higher, in my opinion. Uh, and people are going to comment on this and say, but she won three eliminations. She did, and we can't discredit that. But look at who she won the eliminations against. She won two. She won oh, two. Okay. Yeah, two. So you're giving her too much credit. Uh, yeah, she beat Amber M and Big T in Hall Brawls. Good for you. Like, I mean, obviously a winner, but, like, there's still a lot more to prove. I I, I still rank a lot of the other females who are vets in this game higher than her. Um, We've and eventually, enough. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, when picks have to be made, uh, Esther and Fessy, they decide that for the female, it's going to be Emmy. And Emmy feels betrayed. She's been backstabbed. She gives her heart to everyone. She tells everyone, like, why, TJ? Why? Why, Mr. TJ? They rat me out. They rat me out, TJ. And it's like, dude, you had a freak out in the Daily Challenge. And then, as Esther said in her confessional, like, yeah, she had an emotional breakdown in the previous deliberation with uh, Michelle and Michaela, and you're already a rat, so why not throw you in? Yeah, and she's on a rookie, rookie team, and I know we're about to say who she goes in with, but like, it makes sense to send in an already made team because that way you're not pissing off multiple other teams. But it cracked you up when she's like, Mr. TJ, since I was a little girl, this has happened. I'm like, you've been thrown into eliminations on MTV's The Challenge with your little girl? No, <laughs> like... Suck it up. <laughs> and then they uh, throw in Ed uh, for, I mean, obvious reasons. He looks like a strong competitor, and uh, he's the new guy in the house. Easy pick. Um, Ed is very happy. He's like, he's riling up the crowd like, hey, we got the two strongest guys in the house, me and this girl with the blue hair. We're going to kill this elimination. Me and Coraline going to win it for everyone. Thank you, mom and dad at home, and make sure to rank me number one on the circle. Right. It's like, wrong show, buddy. I do love that he can, like, laugh at his height. He's like, yeah, you got the two tallest guys, like the two, you know. And he's just like, yeah, you're up against a specimen. I, I, That's, like, one of the things, too, is that TJ, like, loves Kells. TJ, I, he's met T- Kells for, like, five minutes, and he's like, yeah, this guy's a beast. He's This guy's awesome. <laughs> like, he's seen nothing from him in reality yet, but... TJ is just like, yeah, this guy, awesome. I don't, I don't need to see any more. Cast him on the next ten seasons. You never know. TJ could be a big Netflix guy, and he watched throughout the handle season one and said, "I like how this guy's about his money." <laughs> it doesn't seem like TJ's show, though. <laughs> oh man, sorry. I, I'm just thinking about the TJ Lavin Crips episode that I got last week early. <laughs> oh man, and yeah, so our elimination is going to be Kel's. And Tracy versus Emmy and Ed. And we're going to move into the elimination portion right now. Switching over to the elimination portion and the game they are playing. It's very intricate and very cool. Uh, One player uh, lays on type of a metal platform as they're strapped up. The other player lifts them up and puts them down towards the ground. The players who are strapped up have a magnet where they try to grab a cube that has two magnetic sides on it and then lift up the 12 total puzzle pieces to their partner. Once they get all 12 pieces, they can start a puzzle and try to win the elimination. And these are the partner eliminations I love because they require teamwork, physical strength, 
and a mental ability. It checks every single box. There is no fluky element to a game like this. It actually takes skill. Yeah, I, you know, if you look at the two teams next to each other, it's like, oh, Kels has a huge disadvantage with Tracy. Sorry, Tracy, it's just the truth. But I feel like this evened out the playing field perfectly. But I did love when TJ was like, and anybody can be the one to pull the other person up. I mean, can you imagine if Tracy were the one pulling up Kells? It would have never happened. Yeah, I do think Emmy actually could have pulled Ed mm-hmm. because they are like very similar in size. I mean, Ed has some more muscle on him, but I think that could have happened because a lot of it, it comes down to like gravity and stuff like that. I think she could have, but yeah, Tracy could not have done Kells. Uh, and what was clear what was the difference with the females in this elimination was upper body strength. And Emmy had more upper body strength. You know, Tracy, she's she's a pretty girl, but she's kind of she's built very petite, and she kept trying to pull her uh, her cubes up, and she kept dropping them. Even Tasha had a confessional, like, "Come on, dude, you dropped another cube for like the fifth time." And Kells, she said he was being aggressive, and I think he was being a little bit. He wasn't had he didn't have the best chipper attitude, but I didn't think it was egregiously bad as we've seen from other male partners in the past. Yeah, the only I was getting scared when it was when I was watching it because when he'd pull her back, he would slam her. And at one point, she was like, "Stop, stop, stop! My back, my back, my back!" And I'm like, "Yeah, she's a tiny girl." Yeah. Um, as far as forget the cubes, like definitely the strength came into it, but she could not figure out that like at some point you can't keep grabbing the rope; you have to grab the block, like because your force that close to the magnet pulling is going to rip it off. And she did that countless times. It was very frustrating to me. Yeah, and you can see why Kells was getting frustrated because he's like, come on, man, grab the blonde, stop grabbing, grabbing the thing. And people in the crowd are like, come on, Tracy. So it is like, inevitably, this came down to like Tracy not doing that well. And they were able to catch up at one point because Emmy and Ed, uh, they just kind of didn't have a cube in the right position where they kept having to struggle to push it up, down so they can get the magnet on it. And they eventually did it. And it was very, it was a lot of, uh, ingenuity needed to do so um <laughs> I, I was glad that that there was that little slip up where the the queue had had went over to the other side because i did not want it to be a blowout for tracy's sake because i know it's a game but like i was feeling so bad from that moment i mean imagine you've already having these troubles with like anxiety and like understanding people and now everyone's yelling at you to do better my heart was just like oh get this yeah. off my screen yeah i just i can't watch it anymore um <laughs> Ed, right even before the elimination, had a great attitude, and he was like, all right, great, it's a puzzle. I'm smart as hell. I'm going to solve this puzzle. Once they get all 12 pieces, one of my favorite moments of the episode is that uh, he flips the piece, and he knows immediately it's a map of the world. And then Devin yells, Ed, it's a map of the world. And he's just like, I know. It's just like, I'm not. He's like, do you really think I am, Hunter? but it also speaks a lot for like this show that like uh, there was the moment with josh last season where he couldn't throw the where he couldn't solve the puzzle or someone or michi couldn't solve the puzzle and it's like michi it's a skull just make a skull um and that that's what we're working with with people on the challenge usually but ed he was just like oh it's a map of the world he comes in cool calm collected kels and tracy actually do get all 12 pieces but they come up short and ed and emmy pull out the elimination win. I wouldn't call this an upset because they are a very complimentary pair and it came down to something mental, which Ed even said beforehand, like this gives me the edge. 
Ed, you're the best engineer in the world, says Emmy. I had to laugh. I'm like, that solving a puzzle of the world has nothing to do with engineering. But I agree with you. Ed's Ed's demeanor really went a long way because he didn't get freaked out. Like he just kept it steady, he kept it going. And even so, he was like, I'm pretty much gonna mastermind this puzzle. Emmy, you just stand there and look crazy. I mean, she helped, but they both knew their roles, which was great. And just Kels's face is just so incredibly frustrated that this is what it came down to. He wanted something individual, and people in this game, they made the right move. They took their strike against him when it mattered, but I do think he's going to come back. I really do, because he I carried do. himself well. I do, too, and I didn't want to say this earlier, but whenever you know, you're saying TJ really seems like he likes him, I was waiting for TJ to say, and Kels will see you in the future. We hope to see you in the future. But I guess you can't say that if you're going to send off him and Tracy, who we will likely never see again. I will, I'll go ahead and say we'll never see Tracy again. But I'd like to see Kells. Yeah. Yeah. I'd Sorry, like to see Casey. Kells. Yeah. Just it, because it's, yeah. He, he's somebody from a show that I've watched before, which I think goes a long way. A lot of people have watched Two Out the Handle season one. And he could really be a force in this and bring him on to another season of Tori Single and bridge those weird lines again. And it's like, hmm. And, or even and she's not season. single. Yeah, it connects. X is X is season. I mean, to be a fun pair. Um, I, no, obviously not the pair of people who want to see you, Tori, but fun pair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really like him. And it is crazy because he was featured so heavily in the trailers for this season. Like MTV obviously likes him. They they want you to know that Kells is a person so they can cast him for future seasons. And then Ed and Emmy, they get this win and she, they are over the moon. She's calling him Mr. TJ and they get to pick new partners. And Ed takes... Tori and Emmy takes Devin, and I can't believe that Tori and Devin got picked for the second week in a row. Yeah, like, I don't know what was fed to these rookies or these new people about Tori, or if they really do just think, like, oh, she's a face of the show because she is. But, like, I don't know. Maybe she is the strongest vet girl that's not going to have an absolute meltdown breakdown, but I'm looking heavily at Casey, too. Like, Casey's solid. Casey's sturdy. Casey got second in the daily challenge and no one batted an eye at it. They were just like, okay, this is normal. I feel like that's who I try to go for. It is baffling. It is baffling that you don't go for Casey or CT or even a Corey. I don't, it's not adding up to me right now. There's something going on with it. I think maybe, I don't even know what to say. And these choices exposed the team of Corey, Ellen, and Michelle, because now they're one of only two double rookie teams. The other one is Jeremiah and Tatcha. So either way, you're going to have a lot of fans on Twitter upset because one of those teams is getting voted in as the house vote next week. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it for Michelle and Corey because they've already been in. And immediately, as soon as the partners were picked, they were like, oh, well, here we go. This is this is happening. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, but you're right. One of those two teams has to be the house vote. If the rookies are, or the veterans are going to keep the strategy, which they likely will, it only makes sense. And next week's daily challenge looks really radical. It's going to be something more extreme. Might see some injuries and DQs. And gosh, the episode. I mean, imagine if it lives up to what we've had the first two episodes. I'm going to be staggered. 
Well, I will say too, because this was in the preview, you had that very quick, like 0.3 second confessional of Big T being like, I think the veterans think I'm a rat. And I'm like, ooh, because let's be real. In the four seasons we've seen um, Big T thus far, is this her fourth? Yeah. Something like that. Like it's been in a positive light. She's been the underdog. She's been somebody we can root for. She's been somebody when she has successes, we're really happy for. Not that I want Big T to be demonized. I don't think that's in her soul. But I'm interested to see maybe her against the wall or people working against her. Also, Big T was one of the people who worked with rookies last season. And because of that, they're going to see her as someone who is going to be working with the rookies. You even have that moment at the beginning of the episode where it's the rookie girls, Priscilla, Tasha, and Esther, like hyping up Big T, dancing as, as they're getting ready to party. It's, you know, Big T might have a target on her because of that, but because I think the veterans are so close knit, I don't I don't think anything's gonna happen. Right. I'm just, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm staying hopeful, but I'm like you, I'm like, how long can this train keep going of good episode? Because this episode is up there with episode one for me. And I'll even go as far to say like the casting special, yeah, it had a lot to filler, but like I even enjoyed that. Uh, the rookies this season are bringing so much good positive energy to the show. From Bettina to Esther to Tasha. Tasha has some really good confessionals too. Jeremiah, when I see him on my screen, I'm like, this guy, he looks like he should be on the show. Ed is so corny. Kells, I mean, who we just lost. But he has so many of these people. They bring so much. Emmanuel, he has so much charisma and swagger. God, they are killing it. And I feel like Michelle, I'm going to throw Michelle because I love Michelle. Yeah. I feel like she's like, she has like old school challenge vibes of like, Maybe I shouldn't go that far, but she has good middle ground challenge vibes where she's like, I'm here to hook up and party, but I'm also here to play the game, but I'm also not just here to win the money, but I'm all, like, she's got lots of layers to her and I really love that. I did not mention Michelle because I forgot she was a rookie. That's how much she's like already embedded herself into this franchise just from her lives with Ashley and Amanda. She just feels like she's been around for a while and that's because we've been watching her on Survivor for a long time, but even then... Survivor Michelle isn't challenge Michelle at all. No, not at all. And it, you said it last week, the way that she has just entered this game so effortlessly. And, and the fact that last week Survivor was the absolute target and Michelle was in all that mess and she found a way to just step out of it. Very impressive to me. She even had the cute moment with Tracy where she's like, oh, sorry for taking your partner. Um, yeah, she's she's just so awesome. And it just... She looks so fierce. She looks more cutthroat. Like that, all our biggest fears of like Michelle coming on Survivor, the challenge of being like, oh, I don't think she could, she could maybe go with the more extreme elements. No, she's best friends with Ashley and Amanda apparently, and like the two messiest people. Good stuff. And and let me just say, I'm sorry to keep going, but I'm on a roll, and we're not that long on time. Yeah, she. That is so smart. Like if she goes in line with Ashley and Amanda, let's say all three on the next season, who knows if that's likely, but she has two shields. Like she can just lay back and be calm. But one thing I love about her, she plays online games like virtual reality games. She plays freaking Catan, which is hard. I don't even know how anybody plays that, but like she's into this game plan strategy thing and she genuinely loves it. Like this is not something that stresses her out. She loves it. Gosh. What a what a good episode. What a good season we're having. We feel so good about the challenge. I just I, I'm so terrified of feeling defeated about it. Like I almost want it to end now. I want I want them to cancel the show because I'm liking it so much. And it's that we'd be like, think about the greatest season that could have been. 
<laughs> Everybody won. Yeah. Uh, and that's our episode for the week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Me at the Onigiri, Luke at Final Reckoning. Subscribe to us at Caffeine Confessionals on Spotify, on iTunes. Give us five stars on iTunes. We deserve it. And no, I don't know. I'm joking about that. Comment, like, subscribe on the channel. Have a great day. See you guys.